Hello and welcome to another edition of the Manufacturer Podcast. I'm Tom Sinjin and I'm delighted to be bringing you this most recent episode, which is a wonderfully heartwarming example of collaboration, innovation and design, making potentially a real difference to the lives of many. Motivation is a charity providing wheelchairs to lower and middle income countries across the world. And with the help of engineers at the National Composites Centre, They've set out to design and manufacture a wheelchair seat pan made entirely from sustainable green composite materials that are not only better for the environment, but could significantly improve the quality of life for disabled people in developing countries. Motivation approached the NCC for help in developing and proving this new wheelchair seat pan concept to ensure that the product would be robust to cope with rough terrain, affordable to produce, and made from bio-based materials that could be locally sourced within those countries. Joining me on the podcast are two members of Motivation. Tony Rush is the charity's business development director, and it was one of his team who had the design idea for the chair. Joining him, we've got communications manager, Anna Reeve. So Tony and Anna, look, welcome along to this edition of the podcast. It's great to have you both involved. We'll get into the design element of this wheelchair seat and, and why you both believe it, it could have such a, a big impact for people. But uh, first of all, let's start by hearing a little bit more about motivation. Tell us about you guys. Tell us about the work that the charity does. Okay, Tom. So Motivation is a global disability charity and we have a social enterprise as part of our charity. Uh, the reason we exist really is that we want a world where people with disabilities uh, are included in society and can fully participate in every aspect of life. And we've been designing and providing wheelchairs actually around the world for about 30 years now. We sell our wheelchairs to a range of people. Uh, and all profits from selling those chairs is reinvested into our programs to support people with disabilities in developing countries. And design for us is quite a central aspect in everything that we do. And we were really um, very early pioneers of the notion that um, one size doesn't fit all when designing chairs uh, for people with disabilities. And we very much focused on lower middle income countries and working out ways to ensure that the provision of wheelchairs uh, for people in, in those countries is significantly improved. And we've done that through working with funding partners and also through designing products which are specifically tailored uh, for the environments that are more likely to be seen in lower and middle income countries. And I mean, there are, of course, challenges faced with any mobility issue wherever you live in the world. But what challenges do people particularly face in these developing countries for, that you work in? Well, there are, uh, there are possibly three main challenges, I would say. The first one is that the, the environment in which they use the wheelchairs is actually quite different. If you're using them in a, a higher income country, you can expect that most of your use will be on relatively smooth surfaces, um, pretty good drainage, and uh, the, the, the design of the wheelchair then is focused on maneuverability um, or perhaps being able to go up and down curves. 
if you go into many of the lower and middle income countries, the situation that people with disabilities find is they're, they're living in a small village that maybe doesn't have paved streets um, and they have very rough terrain over which to operate. And uh, we developed a, three, a three-wheeler wheelchair quite a few years ago as a, a fairly radical way of, of making uh, life for people using these chairs significantly easier. And chairs with three wheels are much, much easier to maneuver uh, around rugged terrain. The other issues that they face are, I, I guess, the, the ones that you might expect. It's um, the availability of wheelchairs is quite a challenge. Um, wheelchairs are an additional expense and the priorities and the capabilities of many uh, healthcare systems um, just aren't set up to provide for the needs of people with disabilities. And, and we've been working with uh, major NGOs um, to provide funding for, uh, for our chairs uh, going in, into all corners of the world. And I think the third aspect really are the, uh, the services around the provision of, of wheelchairs and healthcare for people with disabilities. Um, where we, we stress is very important that um, the people who provide wheelchairs are trained in order to do that. And the, the training means that the wheelchair that's provided is appropriate to the person with disability. So in particular, it's, it's a good fit. It's the right type of chair. Uh, the right support is there. The right cushions are there. The user is given training on how to use their chair. Perhaps family members and friends are giving training on how to help men, maintain the, the chair and provide further assistance for the user. So the combination kind of of the right uh, type of wheelchairs available at a price that people can afford or that the local government can afford and the, the infrastructure of, of training, service and, and clinical capabilities um, really can all be quite a challenge in uh, lower and middle income countries. One thing that I'd add as well is um, around the stigma and discrimination around disability. Um, I think there's a long way to go in terms of disability rights globally, but particularly in those low middle income countries, um, stigma and discrimination gets in the way of a lot of this happening. So in terms of um, people with disabilities being prioritized for those wheelchair service training being provided, um, but we, we know that when somebody has the right wheelchair, they can get an education, they can get a job, they can participate in family life, they can contribute to their community and their economy. And ultimately it has really long-term benefits um, for the individual, the, the community and the, in the national context as well, which is exactly why we do what we do really. It's, Beyond the chair, it's about somebody's independence and their ability to build a life for themselves with dignity. Yeah, it's interesting you make that point because I, you know, I've worked previously as a as a local journalist, and I mean, I've reported on local council initiatives where you know they're trying to make towns, um, you know, far more um, you know, friendly for for wheelchair users. I mean, would you say in these countries it's it's a long way behind the standards that we're used to here in, in in the UK? Would that be fair to say, Anna? 
I would say so. I mean, a lot of the places that we're working in, um, in Uganda, Malawi, Kenya and India are quite rural areas. They, I mean, the rough terrain, the concept of that was very much about um, dealing with the type of environment that people are living in. And as Tony's mentioned before, um, that kind of lack of infrastructure around drainage. You know, if you think about a very muddy terrain, uh, with maybe some open drains, you you need a wheelchair that can cope with that environment. So, um, yeah, it is a very different situation. A lot of the roads may not have pavements. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, an issue with people in wheelchairs being able to navigate their way down a road um, in order to get to work or to, to get to school. So um, it's not just about the wheelchair, but also the confidence in using that wheelchair and its stability and its durability as well. Back to the actual wheelchair seat pan in question. Now, this is a, a collaboration, isn't it, between yourselves and the National Composites Centre. It's made entirely from sustainable green composite materials, Tony, which I think you, you already pointed out. I believe as well that the design idea come from somebody in the motivation team. Well, looking at customization has been something that we've been doing for quite a while. Um, and we also look at the materials that are in our chairs for uh, environmental sustainability, but also weight and durability. And one of the things that we, we've been wrestling with is, uh, is there a better way to, uh, to look at the actual seating base? The moment um, wheelchairs either have a solid flat base, typically plywood, or they have a slung fabric base. Each of those has challenges, um, but in both cases, then the, the actual profile of the base really doesn't match the profile of the bottom of a user. And the, the way that that tends to be resolved is to use a molded uh, foam cushion. And, and that's kind of fine, except that the molded foam cushions have quite a few challenges with them. One is there's something separate. Um, so easy to get lost or you know they, they can go missing or can get damaged secondly they're relatively expensive because they have to be contoured they're also not particularly durable so we think that they maybe last between 12 and, and 24 months maximum but they can sometimes last a lot a shorter period than, than that if they've been been exposed to any biohazards or, or, or any other damage. So it's an area we've been thinking about, can we make an improvement here? And, and this for us is, was very much a, a conceptual piece of work to see if, if we could come up with a, a, a better idea for a seating base. So what we did was we put the, the contouring in the, the seating base. Um, and this built on some work that we did a few years ago in terms of being able to measure the the user so that the uh, the parts of the chair can be customized to the shape of the individual user and then separately we kind of have been talking to the national composite center looking at different materials and the biocomposites that they were talking about seemed a really good idea to us uh, because it looked like they could be made in the shape that we wanted relatively inexpensively they would be durable and of course, they would be significantly more environmentally friendly uh, than the, the uh, current basis. 
Now you've mentioned a few of the boxes, but this design, crucially by the sound of it, had to tick. You're saying it had to be robust to cope with the terrain, affordable to produce, made from the biomaterials that you're talking about. And also, and this is quite an interesting point as well, to be locally sourced within these countries that you're working in. So why was that last aspect so important for you guys? So we've been very successful producing wheelchairs for for countries around the world. Um, We started off um, with local production. So we would work on a program in individual countries, helping them to produce the wheelchairs that they needed. But when we tried to expand this, um, it became clear to us that the way we, we had to move was to a centralized global production. That way we could get very consistent quality, very good pricing, good availability. Um, so we, we, we have an ongoing relationship with an excellent uh, medical supply company in uh, Taiwan. Um, and, and, and that model has served us very well. But um, increasingly, I think people are uneasy with a centralized production model, with shipping uh, relatively heavy products around the world, and also with importing products into your relatively poor countries. So we've been looking again at how to get local production in a way that uh, avoids some of the problems with kind of quality and availability. Um, Because we are certain that that governments and healthcare systems in countries are going to support increasingly the local production of wheelchairs and other assistive technology devices because economically um, it reduces their reliance on imports. Um, On on a practical basis, uh, products can be available much more quickly, Uh, but also they can start to build, perhaps on a regional level, uh, capability in their manufacturing industry. For us, the local production is increasingly important and, and it is we think, to the, 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 the countries that we work in. I think it's worth noting as well that at the moment it's estimated there are about 75 million people in the world who need or use wheelchair, um, and about 80% of those people live in developing countries. So it is really important that in order to meet that global need, and it's a growing global need, that, um, they are, that the wheelchairs themselves are being produced where they're needed. Um, and it's beyond the, the capacity of a, you know, small Bristol-based charity to meet that 75 million um, person need. So it's, it's the system change that we advocate for, I suppose, um, is the way of, of saying it. And that's where the locally sourced element is, is so important because the materials need to be available for that change to happen. It certainly sounds like challenging work that you're doing, but I'm sure incredibly inspiring work as well. Are there any stories, either of you, that um, come to mind from um, the people that that you've helped? Do any stories kind of pop into your mind that you could give us some examples of? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the reason that we do the work that we do is the people that um, have their lives changed by having access to wheelchairs. So um, one... um, little lad that stands out for me is uh, called Michael and he's 13 and he lives in Uganda. Um, He has spina bifida 
And when we met him, he was using a locally made steel wheelchair, which was quite heavy. So it was difficult for him to wheel that independently. Um, it was also pretty unsuitable for the muddy terrain um, between, well, around his home, but between home and school. Um, so his dad was actually carrying him to school, 50 minutes there and back, um, which obviously then takes him away from his work. Um, the other issue with that wheelchair is that it didn't fit him properly, um, and that resulted in him getting some pressure sores, which are really quite uncomfortable, um, and if left untreated, um, pressure sores can actually be fatal as well. So they would keep him home from school. And um, he was referred to one of our wheelchair providers and got a motivation rough terrain. Um, that's that three wheel wheelchair that Tony mentioned earlier. Um, and the, the design of that with the three wheels and the longer chassis means that uh, it, is, it can traverse that, that rough terrain in a far easier way. So he can wheel it himself, but his dad can also um, push him um, a little bit easier. Um, and it's lovely. We've got some pictures of him on our website doing wheelies in his new wheelchair and <laughs> talking about how much more confident he feels now he can be independent and he loves going to school now, which is possibly unlike most 13 year old boys. Um, and he talks about how his hands are stronger and his arms are more manly now. Um, so I think that just the reason that I, I sort of share that with you today, Tom, is that it tells that full story, you know, about... Um, it's not just the wheelchair, it's also the impact it has on the person, um, the confidence, the self-esteem, and then the ability to attend school, which has a long-term impact on his future, his family's future, um, and his ability to contribute to society. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for sharing that, Anna. And I think what it really shows to me is, just for start of that story, what he was, you know, what he was using before you guys came along and gave him something else to use you know he's using this what did you say this big you know clunky uh, just thing that's not suitable yeah we see that all the time we see people in wheelchairs that are far far too big for them um that have broken and they can't repair them locally um so that's why we take the approach that we do in our wheelchair design and manufacture is that make sure that the wheels can be um, repaired locally and that it's, it's possible to maintain it and that they're really durable for these environments. Um, and then I think another aspect is, is the training to use the wheelchair and the wheelchair skills. If you've incurred a spinal cord injury, for example, in this country, you'll get a lot of rehabilitation, but in some of the countries we work, that doesn't really exist. So we connect people with um, peer trainers who are other wheelchair users who have a bit more experience and actually share knowledge and skills through a programme that we've developed, um, our peer training programme. Um, so Michael, who I mentioned earlier, he has a peer mentor who has supported him to understand how to use that rough terrain wheelchair to get the best out of it, how to do transfers, how to repair it um, and maintain it so that it lasts as long as possible. This for us has been very much uh, an experiment with a with what is for us a completely new material, um, and, and from what we've seen of it, it's a marvelous thing um, in terms of its strength, in terms of how it can be made, and obviously its environmental credentials are excellent too. So we are 
really also trying to think about what, what other parts of, of a wheelchair could we make from biocomposites. Um, and that's really where our focus uh, from that perspective is at a, uh, for the moment. Uh, we're, a, we're fundamentally, a, well, we are a, a charity. So when we look at developing um, additional products, with uh, particularly with novel technologies, um, we 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 do look for funding uh, from uh, from third parties to help us do that. So we we will be looking for funding uh, from people who really want to help us take this this new material, which I think could be really exciting for wheelchair provision uh, because it could be very light. It could be capable of being made uh, locally, uh, being molded um, locally and from hopefully locally available uh, material, um, but made to a design which is of a very high quality um, so that we are not compromising in terms of our ability to provide appropriate wheelchairs, wheelchairs that fit and do the, the job that people want, but also perhaps to be able to produce them at a significantly lower cost and hence lower price. So we are, uh, we are exploring uh, how we, we take this forward. Uh, and, and we are always on the lookout for, uh, for people who, who would want to fund part of this work. And speaking to the two manufacturers at the uh, National Composite Centre, Richard and Adam, they were actually saying that um, part of the fun of this is that although it's uh, very good design. It's actually a very simple design. I'm quite new to the manufacturing industry, but you know, I'm seeing all sorts of um, incredible kind of intricate, you know, designs of all sorts of different things. Whereas actually, this is stripping back the kind of design element to to quite you know sort of simple but very very effective methods. Well, there is, a, I, I think, a school of thought in design that that simpler is is almost always a better. Sure. Um, you know, designers talk about elegance of a design or elegance of a solution. I think um, for us, that this really offers the glimpse of what might be a very elegant solution for more components in a chair, um, which would allow us to radically change the way that we're able to provide wheelchairs in the future. How has it been working with those guys and how thankful are you for the partnership between yourselves and NCC? It's, it's been great. You know, we're a, a, a relatively small number of people uh, based in Bristol trying to make a change to the world. And we, we don't always have access to um, some of the leading edge techniques that are out there. And being able to partner with the, the skills and the expertise of the National Composite Centre has just been absolutely great. It's given us exposure to new ideas, new, new, new ways of thinking to some really clever people, really well motivated people. So I, I, I cannot praise too highly how happy we are with the work that we've done with the NCC. I think motivation has always worked in collaboration and seen the, the real power in partnerships. And mm. so that this has been a really important one for us um, in terms of not just the, the expertise and the technology that Tony's mentioned, but that new way of thinking as well and um, getting outside expertise to, to challenge us and come up with new ways of, of doing things. Um, so yeah, we hope to have much more opportunities like that going forwards as well. 
I should remind our listeners that you can read that interview that I did with Adam and Richard from NCC. It's available on the manufacturer's website. They spoke with a real admiration. They do their work because, you know, they, they love designing things, but it really did feel like this project for them was, uh, you know, a project with a, with a real heart. And, and you could tell that they fully bought in to potentially affecting real change for people that you guys help and the worthwhile nature of what they were doing. It certainly wasn't lost on them. You know, they were passionate, they were humble, and they really were honoured to be involved. And uh, it was lovely to see. I mean, we're really grateful to uh, to them as well. So the feeling is mutual, I would say. <laughs> yes, absolutely it is. Well, look, both of you, Tony and Anna, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Manufacturer Podcast. It's been a real education, um, really interesting to get insights into the work that you do. And good luck with this project and all of your future projects and the work that you're, uh, that you're doing. Thank you very much again. Thank you, Tom. It was a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you so much, Tom. Lovely to be with you.